Voices. You gotta try this. The show where friends Nick Carrillo and Julianne Earls try anything their guest wants them to try. Anything. Let's introduce the guest this week. It is AJ Diddy. AJ is an actor, playwright, and just a downright goof. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I only like to hang out with people who are goofs. Oh, uh, goofs abound. Bring in the more goofs abound. Yeah, I love all the goofs. <laughs> and uh, actually, when I was writing this intro for AJ, so we actually know AJ because we did puffs with him off Broadway at New World Stages. We were all in the ensemble together. Um, so, and, and he's uh, spoiler alert, a good friend of ours. Um, we're just starting this podcast, so you know we we got to start with the people that we know. We'll start bringing in enemies, but for now, friends. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then it's going to get really interesting. Looking forward yeah. to that second that second season. It's going to take a turn. Um, so I have to write these intros for people that we basically already know, but I still go to the website to see if like there's anything I missed about this person. AJ's website is just full of bits. You don't, you can't read a sentence that is uh, taking itself seriously at all in that website. So um, if you want a little laugh, I would I would go check out ajdiddy.com. Um, but anyway, we did puffs with him. Most recently he played Mr. Curry in Paddington gets in a jam, which we all freaked out about because the puffs cast was obsessed with Paddington. Oh, we were, it was, it was, it spread like, and I mean this in the best way, but it spread like a disease among the Associate Paddington with a disease. Don't you dare. No, but I mean that in a good way. Like it's it in the best way possible. Somebody was like, watch Paddington. And then it was like, they saw it. And then they were like, you all need to see Paddington. And we were like, really? And then two people would see it. And then those two people would say two more in the cast. And then like, by the end of it, everybody in the cast was obsessed with Paddington. Specifically the new movie. The new movie that came out that was live action with like, uh, but Ben Winshaw is the voice of him, and Nicole Kidman was the villain in the new in the first uh, movie. So we became obsessed with it, and then uh, we oh, and Sally Hawkins, who I love, she's the main one in it. She plays the, the 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 mother of the family, the wife. And then we all went to go see the sequel together in movie theaters, and then AJ got into the live action. Uh, the show. theater, the produ- theater production for, yeah. Yeah, where there was a puppet of Paddington. He was Mr. Curry. He was like the main like guy who uh, interacted with him. And we all went to go see him together as a group. Uh, and it was right before last year, uh, around Christmas. We all, we all woke up really early and we went to go see him. And it was incredible. The show was incredible. Uh, AJ was incredible. He was fantastic. He was amazing. We had a great time. We went out afterwards. We saw cats. It was a lot. It was, a day. It was, a day. <laughs> it was quite a day. Uh, we're not going to get into cats because that yeah. was single-handedly uh, Nick and I's worst theatrical experience. Like that was a movie. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes, and true. But we specifically hated that movie with a passion. Like everyone else, was like yeah, it was stupid. It was fun. I was like, no. Like I wasted three hours of my life that I will never ever get back. And I don't ever say that lightly. Um. So yeah, long story that we never made it short. Uh. So he was Mr. Curry and Patty gets in a jam and he was of course he was mr curry he was absolutely delightful um he's also performed in regional theater downtown new york theater commercials he's he's also a playwright and a solo performer 
AJ Diddy, and he is having us try a video game called Gone Home. Yeah, I'm curious. He he told us not to look too much into it, so I didn't. And I didn't as well, so this intro is truly based on nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. I know you asked, and he recommended you play it on Steam. Yes, because it's available on the phone, but he said that it, it's not as smooth on the phone. So I will... Uh, I, I, that's the first time me hearing Steam. I, I am not a gamer at all, uh, except for when we played Mario Kart uh, endlessly uh, backstage at Puffs. Uh, and I have a killer drift. Uh, I just want to put that out there. I have a killer you, drift you, in you Mario. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so like much, Nick. That's the first, like, I feel like compliment you've ever given me. <laughs> it's the first and last. So good. <laughs> that you earnestly was like, you do. I thought, you know, very easily you could have been like, no. Um, little shout out to my brother who I learned that from. That, that was a one perk of having an older brother who played video games is he did, uh, he did instill that skill into me. Uh, so I, I got to give him a shout out. But yeah, basically, other than that, like, I'm not a gamer, although from what I can guess about this game, that it's more of like an experiential game. It's not like a racing game. It's like kind of like a mystery. Like, I think AJ said it's kind of spooky or one could say spoopy. Um, Spoopy. Yeah, it seems to be immersive kind of storytelling. I used to be, when I was younger, a big, big gamer and up until college and then I, th- I think it's like when I moved to New York, I just started gaming a lot less and I, I did stuff here and there. Um, and I got a PS4 recently and I played some games, but I haven't really done much in a while. So I'm actually excited to jump back into that kind of world with this. Cause I, I've done, I mean, I play like games on my phone all the time and, um, but I haven't gotten to like serious stuff for a while. Uh, funny enough, my girlfriend knew about the game and she was about to tell me about it. I was like, no, I'm not supposed to know anything about it. And she watches this guy online and he does playthroughs of horror games. And that's why she knew about it because she watched it. Oh my God, you guys are obsessed with horror things. Uh, Yeah, we're both big horror fans. I didn't even know that there's a horror video game genre. I just found that out through you. There's just that. And there are like independent horror games and like this guy she watches he just plays through like big games that are known. I mean, there's like the Resident Evils, Silent Hills that everybody knows, but there's like little independent games of like horror uh, video games. And she just would watch them and she got me into that. So he does that as well. And he did this game, but um, I hadn't seen it. And she was going to tell me stuff about it. But I was like, no, 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 don't tell me anything about it. I'm not supposed to know anything about it. Like, just leave me. Let me let me figure it out. So I'm going to play it and she's not even going to be here while I play it. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to immerse myself into it and see what happens. Get out, mom. Get out. Just me and you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now I, I mean, I had a feeling that it was going to be like creepy crawly, but uh, I am. So this is going to be actually really interesting because like, I'm not a horror person. I I really like, I don't, don't show me hereditary. Like I'm clutching my pillow for dear life watching it. Um, I can handle it a bit more now, but my, I just, it's not something I seek out. Like I, I do it with, with clenched teeth. Like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave myself open to the experience, but ultimately like, I don't actually want to do it. I just love when people are like, because it's like the movies you mentioned, I was like, oh, those aren't even that scary. I was oh, like, 
Oh, I thought people really happened. thought Hereditary was scary. Oh, Hereditary is not that scary. Uh, um, what, what do you find? What's what do you find genuine? Like you freaked you out? Like you pissed your pants a little bit? Well, I get. Well, it's funny when I was a kid. So when I was young, my family showed me horror films. So like. Exorcist scared the shit out of me when I was a child. I watched it recently, like, uh, it was the beginning of this year, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, it's not as scary as I remember, because I'm an adult. But I remember my, my, my mom and aunt took me to go see Pet Cemetery, the original one, of course, um, not the new one, because I'm not a child. But um, they took me when I was- <laughs> And yet you are. And yet I am still a child. Um, <laughs> still learning. Um, I, they took me when I was five years old to see the original Pet Cemetery in theaters, and it scarred me. Like I didn't oh, want to go to the horror movie like in theaters for a while, but like stuff like that. Cause I was a kid, but now I can watch any, like the old pet cemetery, the new one, the new ones aren't even that good. Um, but it, it's funny because I jump at horror movies and my girlfriend makes fun of me. Cause like I'll jump at something, but I'm, I'm fine afterwards. Like I go, Oh, and you know, and I'll, I'll a big jump, but I'll, I'll be like, I was like, Oh, that got me. That was good. But I can continue watching and I can I can watch a movie, a horror movie. I can watch something super scary. I can jump a bunch of times, get freaked out, and then turn off the TV, turn off the lights and go straight to bed. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> I jump at stuff and she makes fun of me for jumping at things. I go, no, no, because I like it. I like being scared. Um, but nowadays, there's, it's hard for me to get to get scared at and at a horror movie. I think the last one that really affected me was the very first paranormal activity. Mm. And it really freaked me out because like the whole demons thing scares me. And I came home and I stayed up all night until the sun came up and then I went to bed. I was like, <laughs> Watching horror movies takes a lot out of me because I'm literally so tense bracing myself for the jump scare because, I mean, you've watched things with me. Like, I yeah. I react so strongly. Like I'm jumping out of my seat. I'm screaming. I am, uh, you know. And so <laughs> horror movies are exhausting. We both like that though. That's why, like the group. Don't you notice how they like watching stuff with us? We're both big reactors to stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that we're both like that? It's just that that's why I get made fun of when I react to a horror movie like that. I'm just like okay afterwards, but I understand what you mean. You still have that tense feeling afterwards, though. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get because every around every corner, I'm like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> and whether or not it does or doesn't, I, I've lost. Uh, I, I've burned calories just yeah. clenching there. <laughs> um, so, do you think that's gonna translate into this video game? I mean, it's you're kind of in it, but then maybe that would make it worse because, like, you're actually the character walking through the scenario, like rather than just being a voyeur or an, or an observant. And then if something pops out, it pops out like as you're lo- searching for it. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be that scared. I'm going to call right now. I'm going to say, I don't think I'm going to be that frightened. <sighs> I remembered as a kid when I used to play Resident Evil, me and my brother, we would take turns playing. But when I watched him play and I remember we'd be in our living room, like during the day, like Saturday at like two in the afternoon playing Resident Evil and something would jump out and we both would scream. My mom would (laughs) what happened? And we're like, nothing. We're just playing this game. She goes, what is this game that is happening that you (laughs) we're like, no, we love it. This is the best. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. And it was like super fun. I feel like I might get a couple of scares. I don't 
think this game is as scary. I think it's more of just the story that he wants us to play. But um, if I do get some good scares in me, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to say this. I'm going to try to play it on my PS4. I think I can, even if I don't, even if I play it on my computer on Steam, I'm going to turn off all the lights and... Stop, uh, I'm not going that far. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to turn off all the lights and just have the glow of the screen. Hell no. Yeah, I'm going to. Well, great. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about your experience because I will <laughs> not have that experience. Um, I also thought this was a kind of a, an interesting choice from AJ. I'm really curious to hear, you know, once we do it, what he has to say about it. Because I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have guessed that AJ would have picked a video game for us, but I'm, I'm glad he did. It feels like the right next step in this journey for us. Let's try a video game. Yeah, we had a whole television spectrum of like the series of this amazing Star Trek. And now it's going to be a video game. And I think that's really cool. Knowing AJ because he loves video games. But one thing that I know that AJ loves is a good story. Oh, so true. I think he picked it for us because the story. So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm. To, I, I, I feel positive about it. I think I'm going to, I predict having a good time. I hope I do get spooked. Um, but spooked, right? With with a P rather than a K. Spooked. Do you think that you'll spoop your pants? <laughs> oh, all the yeah, absolutely. I hope I spoop my pants. <laughs> I mean, if you spoop your pants, you know that definitely means I'm spooping my pants. No, I can't wait to like play some of it and see if it gets like really kind of spoopy so that I can text you and be like, mm, I, this. <laughs> I just came across some thing that made me spoop all over the place. So. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, hashtag spoop my pants. Uh, that's yeah. going to be the, I'm going to definitely include that in our social media posts about this episode. All right. Well, um, I, I think I'm going to get through it. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it, but I, I, I'm going to get through it. I'm curious for sure. But as I said, Horror, not my thing. Video games, I'm not really a consistent gamer. Um, so it'll be definitely a new territory for me. But uh, I'm pumped. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, see you on the other side. Yeah. See you on the other side. We are here. We're excited. We have our guest today, which is AJ Diddy. He had us play the video game Gone Home which was awesome. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. So AJ, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. And uh, what a what a great, wonderful, different experience this was. I will say before we get started, anybody who's listening to this, if you haven't played Gone Home, and you don't want anything spoiled, then perhaps pause this, go play the game. Or maybe you don't care and you're totally cool with it. But I, I fully intend on talking about spoilers. So I just want to give that a head that yes. we will be spoiling this game if you don't know it. Like it's fully a mystery game. It's like you're doing yeah. an escape the room through a video game. So if you don't want to know how to escape the room, pause. Yeah, it's uh, I tricked you. I tricked you both. I told you it was a spoopy game and it's a heartbreaking love story. <laughs> what definitely- up? 
You definitely did. Like for the first hour or, or hour and a half of me playing, I shuddered at every thunderclap. I I, I I creeped in to turn on lights. I just thought something was going to pop out at me. And then as it went along, I was like, oh, we're just we're just finding clues about this sister. We're just chilling in, in this Portland, yeah. Oregon home. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, when. Yeah. Nick, what did you what did you find out? Figure out that it wasn't a horror game. So unfortunately, I had a little bit of tidbit of it before going in. Um, but it was on accident because I happened to tell my girlfriend I was playing this game and she's, she watches a guy do walkthroughs that he usually does horror games. And so Uh... I guess he did this thinking it was a horror game. And so she's like, oh yeah, I know that game. And I was like, oh, don't tell me anything about it. It's this horror game that we're going to do. She's like, oh, I won't say anything, but it's not a horror game. And I was like, what? And then she was like, oh, never mind." And I was like, huh? So when I looked it up to see where I could play it, one of the questions, like when you type it into like Google, it was like, you know, I was like, oh, I get a PlayStation perfect. Um, and one of them was like, is this a horror game? And I clicked the thing and it was like, no, but it's like super, it, it seems scary. But I will tell you this, I still didn't believe that. I fully expected something to jump out. I kept thinking I saw something in the corner. I noticed that they, yeah. they planned like the thunderstorm and the lightning or whatever. I mean, the thunder would play at certain times when you enter an area. Like, it, it is still very spooky. So, Nick, here's the crazy thing. I, I played through the game on with the commentary track on, and... Um, For the first time? No, 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 no. I, I, I played it when it came out back in 2013, and then I uh, I played it three times leading up to this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, once once just by myself to kind of, like, refamiliarize myself with it. And then the second time with commentary mode on, which has these little diamonds that you can find all around the space, uh, when you click on them, it's, like, little developer tidbits and stuff. Um, and then the third time, I made my roommate David play through it and then got to watch him cry, uh, which is one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. Um, but uh, the Thunder and Lightning tracks are actually all random, um, I learned. Oh, They're, really? Yeah, there's a lot of people who who are like, God, I don't know how you timed it. So when I entered the room, like the thunder crack, yeah. and when I read the specific word, like this thunder crack happened. Yeah. And as it turns out, it was it's all random. Wow. Um, it, it's set to go off like every couple of seconds, yeah. It's just our brains probably, yeah. Because I, I bet you when it didn't happen, I didn't think anything of it. But when it did like sync up, I probably was like, oh, that's intentional. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Mm. it's, uh, you know, the whole game is sort of about creating your own narrative in your head. It's like, you know, you find the information as you go and you can find it in whatever order you want. So the game is giving you the basic information and then you, it makes you build the narrative in your head as you go. So our brains already wired to that. So when thunder and lightning happens, it's like, oh, Mm. this is part of my particular story. Um, Oh, That's kind yeah. of like life, right? In a way, when you say like you're walking it is around like life. You're walking around like life. life in your own video game and like the thunder claps right at the moment that you, you know, you get afraid and you're like that's a sign that this means this and I should, you know, oh, creepy, creepy crawly. It's very it's very spoopy. <laughs> I think it's also very spoopy in sort of like a very existential way too. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you've, if either of you have ever been in a big house by yourself, like that late at night during <laughs> I was gonna a thunderstorm, say, I'm like, this house is ginormous. And also, my God, can you guys move in? Like boxes are everywhere. How long have they been? Lo- She's been having this whole uh, relationship with Lonnie for, you know, we can assume months. Yeah. What are the parents doing? Let's move, let's move this family yeah. in. Uh, to be fair, the parents are very depressed and dealing with yeah. a lot right now. So... 
talk about different narratives. You're like, oh, and we got an affair. Oh, and we have a ghost in the yeah. house. Oh, and <laughs> and they love Earth, Wind, and Fire. They do. Uh, well, they the mom, it. the mom and Ranger, yeah. Ranger Rick. Who <laughs> there's, well, but there's also an Earth, Wind, and Fire poster in the parents' room, which oh, was that's very. Right. Which I was like, it's a weird poster to have like in this very like parents' room, and it's all like very situated like that. But then there's just like this rock concert poster of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I forgot who the other, it's a, a special guy, like it's another famous singer, I forgot. And I was like, this is an unusual choice. Well, yeah, because I mean, it is it is like this family in Portland, Oregon, who are very tapped into like the the rock scene there. I mean, especially with yeah. Sam's uh, relationship with Girl Scout and all that. Um, yeah, but which uh, I'm excited to talk to you about too, AJ, about the music. There's so many things to talk about. Actually, it's so exciting, uh, and also to say that so interesting that Nick picked up on that because like I didn't pick up on that. Like, sure, I, I now that you're mentioning, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I did see some Earth, Wind, and Fire stuff, but like that that stood out to you that that didn't stand out to me. Um, yeah, no, the music in the game, I think, is very integral to the whole experience. Uh, pretty early on in production, I know um, that Fulbright Games approached uh, the artists involved uh, in the mu- in the making of the music and in order to license them because they knew what the time period was and they knew specifically what the game wanted to sound like. So they went to like license those as quickly as possible. It's It's so detailed in so many ways. And like, it's great because it's also... Because it, it's set in the 90s. It's like 95 or 94, 95? 95, right? Yeah. It's just they capture the essence of that so, so well. And when you go into Sam's room, like everything that's laid out, one of the best things that I saw, like, because the music is so great and it's so awesome to find it and play it. And like, I would put it on and I would leave the music on while I was looking for other Yeah, clues. me too, me too. Yeah. And and one of my favorite things is uh, at the at her the locker that she has in her room. She has like pictures cut out of like famous actresses and they're all saying like funny things. And I was like, wow, they like this is so detailed and so perfect. Like this seems like a teenager's room. It was so much fun to all the little all the little background of that and like the big story, of course, of Sam and, and Lonnie. But then, you know, the mom and her thing with Ranger Rick and the dad, you know, with his failed and then possibly resurgence of his book series and stuff like the accidental human the accidental <laughs> uh, like <laughs> about the, jfk too like yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh the whole the forward when at for that final one where he goes like this time when he sees the portal open and he sees his hand left <sighs> he doesn't even question it is the president in trouble again no your life is or something. Yeah, yeah, you must save yourself. I was like, you know, that's a great little little log line. <laughs> it, it gets yeah. crazier because if we're talking about um, like secondary plots, uh, Uncle Oscar's is... Oh, I, that... Uh, is oh, bleak. I have a question. Yeah. So Uncle Oscar, who, who, they, who they inherit the house from. Yes. So I couldn't really, I had a hard time reading that letter that you find in the safe. What did, what, what happened to him? I didn't, I didn't, that was kind of fuzzy for me. Okay. We're, we're going to get really grim here. Julie, do you have any guesses? Uh, well, he killed himself, right? He did. That's what I gather. That's what I gather. Okay. Cause like he like is writing to his sister, like I'm lonely and, and she didn't come to see him. Yeah. He didn't have. Does he have feelings for his sister, or is that no? No, no. no. Jesus okay. Christ, Nick! No, 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 no! It's actually. <laughs> oh my worse. God! It's, that's it's that's worse. A, it's actually worse than that. <laughs> no! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Um, what is this? So you you guys uh, did you also get into the safe, Julie? 
I did. Okay. Uh, did you guess Which the combination? Which was the same code. It was the same code as earlier. Uh, it was? Yeah, from the the, the locked um, uh, filing cabinet. It was the same, 1963 or whatever it was. Oh, no, the, the locked filing cabinet is actually, the code to get in there is a very famous video game code uh, that's used, um, I think, in like System Shock it was originally used. It, it's like an Easter egg for like all of these other games. But 1963 is very specific uh, to Uncle Oscar. Um, wait, wait, and- wait. 1963 was the code to get into the filing cabinet in the dad's office? No, I no, no. It was. it was It was a different, it was no. a different code. It was yeah. a different code, yeah. Oh, it was I something on it. the wall. It was something on the wall. It was in a folder. It was in a folder in the library. Yeah. 0421, oh. I think it was. Oh, oh, whoops. How did I guess 1963? Uh, well, I mean, you probably saw it around the house a lot because that's the year that Kennedy was assassinated. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, okay. But if you look on the wall behind the safe, there's a bunch oh of God, like... Stop. There's a bunch of height things. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. For Terry. And yeah, yeah for, the, for the dead. Yeah, and for the last one, it says uh, Thanksgiving 1963, and it's when he's 12 years old. Um and uh, if you go in in Oscar's letter, he speaks about uh, the transgression that he did. Um, and if you research a little bit about his time spent at the soda shop, he's fired for unspecific reasons. But there is an article that, oh, fuck that no. talks about how all the kids kept coming in and were so rosy cheeked. And if you go into the back <gasps> room where the light doesn't work, oh, there's a little God. there's a little toy on the ground. Um, yeah. Are so, you kidding me? Wait, no. So he, because I couldn't, I went into the room, but the light didn't work and I couldn't see it. So he was like a pedophile. Yes. Okay. He, he, the, the, the implication is that he molested Terry, which is why uh, Terry is obsessed with a book where you can go back to 1963 and change the past. <gasps> wow. Jesus I did not Christ. catch that. I did yep. not catch that one. No, no, no. It's tell me this. Bleak. Okay. Tell me this. Okay. I, Oh my God, there's so much to talk about. Um, so did you find this out? You found you found this out, what, through the commentary? Did you find that out when you were going through the game? They don't talk about it in the commentary. Actually, they they really, they, they go out of their way not to really address that very much. Um, and how old is this game? See, these are the things too also, I'm like, perhaps we should know, you know, kind of like do a light research. But you said like, don't look into it. Like, so we didn't look into it at all. Like, oh, I got you. Playing oh. it. Julie, I got you covered. I got all the research. Oh, thank you need. God someone's doing the work for this podcast. <laughs> so back in uh, 2013, uh, Fulbright Company all came together. It was four programmers who uh, worked on Bioshock 2, uh, Mistral's Den, which is a uh, expansion to the original Bioshock 2, uh, which answers the question on everybody's lips: uh, Who is the big daddy, and how did he become the big daddy? Um, that is my question. For, thank you. That is. <laughs> <laughs> good um but uh so bioshock one was sort of revolutionary for telling um uh stories through environments so you would get audio logs and you would hear about this destroyed city called rapture and uh you would you would learn like how it was destroyed that way uh they took those same sort of design elements and then took away the guns and the fighting and just stuck it into a home in portland oregon which is how we got gone home um, it's actually very interesting viewing the game through that lens because, you know, if something were to jump out, you would feel like it would be completely at home just, like, shooting it with a gun. Like, it feels like there's only, like, one small step that this would take in order to be, like, another Bioshock expansion. Uh, 
But yeah, they uh, these these programmers hold themselves up uh, in a actual home in Portland, Oregon, and programmed this game within a Gone Home was made within a home in Portland, Oregon. It was it was like a Maristroika doll of video game development. What did you just say? A Maristroika doll? Is that not how you say a Russian doll? The name of a Russian doll? Oh, you know, right. like the, the I didn't even know yeah, that's okay. what that I, I I didn't even know what that was. Ugh, read a book, Julie. <laughs> Read it. Well, to be fair, I did just make you read a book. Yeah. Uh, I feel I feel like that's the other thing about Gone Home is it it's it's not only that it's like oh I tricked you it's not a scary game it's like a very lovely kind of rom com. Uh, I also I mean it is, but also I mean I still was yeah tense it is the whole this time. is why oh I loved it because it combined spooky scary stuff which I love oh, horror with with, with rom com so I was true. like this was right that's up alley. That's true. So Gone Home was created what year? Uh, 2013. 2013, okay. Yeah, they completed it, I think, in like 13 months. It was this amazing turnaround uh, of this very small team working like tirelessly to bring this thing to life. Mm. Um, and originally, like, they had much bigger ambitions for it. It was going to, like, the house was going to have, like, robot servants um, that would, like, run errands for you. But they uh, realized that very quickly that with three people, they could not, between them design all of that stuff so they're like okay what if it's just a game where you don't ever see another character yeah and we just have to work on the environment and thank god for that because again like i was like so tense thinking that something was gonna pop out that once i realized like oh i think it's just me like i could take a breath (laughs) because if someone if something was gonna pop out like for sure, I, I would have had heart palpitations. <laughs> well, there is one, there is one jump scare in the whole game, and it gets me every time. When the light um, goes out. Yeah. Yep, when the light explodes. F- fucking fragment. Wait. And, and I, thought, I, I didn't have a light. I didn't have a light explode. Ooh. Mm. Uh, Julie, you want to tell him? You want to well, tell him about Now the tell explode? me if this is it, it, because it's connected to this action. But right by the safe, there is a, a, a crucifix. Uh, no, th- it's in a different place, but yeah, there is a crucifix. Um, yeah, it's in like when a I held back the hallway. crucifix. Uh, when you, well, yeah, it, it, that is when it happens. Um, See, that's it's specifically yeah. when you pick it up. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, I mean, I picked up scary. the crucifix, but maybe I didn't hold on to it long enough or something. Uh, did you turn on the light before you, uh, picked up the crucifix? Cause that might also be it. It might be, like I turned on the light. Thing. I thought I did. Maybe I just didn't do something the right way, but no, I didn't, I didn't uh, have that. Yeah. You didn't play the game right. Uh, I got a bunch of trophies <laughs> on PlayStation 4, for, and, I, and I got a bunch of rare things. Apparently, I did it right. It told me. Uh, well, Nick, go. No, go ahead, Julie. No, you you just go. Did you did you take the did you take the Christmas duck to his rightful home? Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't know I could do that. The I didn't fuck. Do that. So you know, at the <laughs> beginning, when you meet when you meet the Christmas duck. Yeah. Yeah, they get the key. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, if you grab the Christmas duck and then take it to the attic, there's a little nest with a little like yuletide bow on the front. And if you put the duck in it, uh, it's uh, it says the duck has been returned to its rightful place, and you get an attri- you get an achievement for it. Mm. Uh, I got an achievement for finding uh, Mittens's diary. Yeah. Oh wait, really? Yeah. You you, th- you got you found the ball. It just said that I found Mitten's diary. I don't know what I did to find it, but it said I did it. 
<laughs> wow. Um, because there is an Easter egg if you go into the into the garage. There's a little purple basketball that's lodged in like the attic space. And if you throw uh, a can from the recycling bin at the ball, uh, it'll knock it down. And if you take that ball upstairs to Sam's room and you slam dunk it in the basketball hoop, um, the TV will turn on and it will be like one of Sam's diaries. <laughs> and it's Sam's voice actor, but it's Mittens the cat. And it's just like, Meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. I did not do that, but it said that I unlocked it. So I did not. You broke the game, Korea. Julie, did you find the secret? Did you find the one letter about that it doesn't let you finish reading? Huh? So in the one room in the basement before you get in the room before, it's like a bathroom slash like where a bed would be. And it's like the room before, it's like right, it leads you to where the safe is. Under one of the tables, there's like a letter lodged in the back. And if you pull it out, you start to read it. And it's basically Sam talking about her sexual experience, or like first sexual experience with Lonnie. But I was reading it and I was like, oh, and then it, it closed it out and it put it back on its own. And the character says, I'm not going to read that anymore. And if you try to click it to read it, she goes, nope. Nope, not gonna read it. Nope, nope, because it's 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 like a personal thing. But it, you, it it shows you the whole thing. You got to read it real quick. But I I, I only read some of it because I didn't know it was gonna happen. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't have that. And yeah, I know there was lots of little moments like that where you kind of almost see Katie's perspective. Where like mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the condom in the parents' dresser drawer, yeah, and you just funny. see the thing that says like "Oh God" or whatever. I you know, or I vom, see that. yeah, um, vom, yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, I, I have to confess something. Oh, I mean, again, heart palpitations were next door. And I also was like, am I ever going to finish this game? Um, and <laughs> I, I, at one moment, I felt like a little bit stuck. And so, again, like I was like, maybe perhaps I should have started this game way before recording, you know, knowing that we were going to record this podcast so I could really give myself. And it was only just for this one moment that I kind of felt stuck. So, like, I kind of had to look like, OK, what am I missing? What do I need to do? And like sure. just for me, grazing, grazing? skimming the the walkthrough (laughs) that's when i saw and i didn't like i really try not to look at anything else because i genuinely was like i don't want to know anything more than you know i do want to discover it on my own because it really is the fun of the game like why would you want to know uh but just from like seeing little tidbits um there are so many things that you can do to i guess unlock achievements or like that, that ball thing you mentioned i saw that really quick or i saw one just really quick uh leaving all the faucets running (laughs) <laughs> yep. But like who would think of that when they are originally playing? Oh, the game? if you're causing destruction, I thought about just fucking with stuff, but then I was like, maybe I shouldn't, but I yeah. Well, this is okay. This is one of the big reasons why I picked this game specifically for the two of you, is I thought that you might approach it very differently um because my strategy when i play this game is i'm a trash goblin who is running around the house like <laughs> throwing things everywhere everything i grabbed i threw it on the ground um, and i turned on every faucet in the place and it allows you to do that and not really feel guilty about it um See, one of the things they talk about yeah no go go in 
No, no. One of the things they talk about in developing was that uh, they didn't want you to be exploring a stranger's house. They wanted you to have the ability to throw everything on the ground and give you some ownership of it, which is why they made you a member of the family. Uh So there wouldn't be any moral issues of throwing stuff on the ground. And then the game, I think, very brilliantly throws that back in your face where you find that note that uh, that's uh, that's the mom talking to Sam, and she's like, "Sam, you have to turn off the lights." But see, <laughs> you're as bad as your sister. Uh, I know. And I was turning. I was. I was. I remember before that because I read the one thing about the electricity and how it was all messed yes. up. So I was like, "Should I not be leaving all these lights that's, on?" So I started to get really yeah. like careful about what I did with stuff because that got me like, "Oh, is everything going to turn off or I'm going to break something?" So that's why I, and then I saw that and I thought that was funny because I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to leave all these lights on. So I got a little bit more careful about what lights I left on and what I didn't. So did you turn lights off after you left a room? Uh, some of them, like closets, I would. Like closets and bathrooms, I turned the lights off. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, yeah, I too also saw that no. And I was like, oh, fuck, no. Like, you know, like when that one light went off, I'm like, if more lights start fucking going off, I'm going to lose my shit. Like it, it would creep me <laughs> out so much. So I I wasn't, um, you know, a trash. I, I wouldn't say that I had handled it like a trash glob- goblin, uh, but I did. Uh, I was in fear that the lights were going to go off go off that's um, what i thought I, was going to happen and it, i still didn't and I turn didn't them off that. i was like i'm not gonna turn them yeah. off but i just hope that they don't continue to go off but isn't it amazing that it's a game that can get you to care about whether you leave lights on in a room yeah. or not like oh you yeah. really start to feel well, like this is your house but i think that's the thing about video games though and and that's also maybe what's particular to this game is like you believe if you read the note or if a pillow lights up or something that it could be a, a substantial clue. I'm like, is that a substantial clue to me that I need to turn the lights off? Or like, should I be picking, you know? Right. And so very often in the beginning, I'm like picking up soda cans. Like I, I didn't want to leave any stone unturned until finally, and the, right. until eventually I was like, oh, like I think I can pick and choose what really matters here. Um, yeah. yeah. The little things that they presented were like, the one of the ones that one of the things that cracked me up big time was when you're downstairs and you see that picture of the family and it has like their names and then it says mom dad but then it says their names like written in and I was like that is weird who would do yeah. that that's a terrible I was like that's a weird design and then you go up to Sam's room and you find that the shop teacher was like hey good job but like when I told you to write the names in of your parents I didn't mean just write it under mom and dad and I started laughing i was like this is brilliant (laughs) yeah there there are so many cool uh setup payoffs in the game that really make it so fulfilling Uh, i think one of my favorite pieces of writing in the game is the novella about um, about the menstrual cycle oh Oh and then you find and then you find katie's version of it and it's just like a real simple and it's like you did it (laughs) i love that (laughs) Yeah, and and it's I mean, uh, yeah, that 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 short story is harrowing and it, it was really that was like the first moment when I played through it. I remember playing through it back in 2013. That was the moment that I like I really like clicked into it because that's something I absolutely did on assignments in high school. I would I would take these very rote paint by numbers science stuff and I would turn them into like a creative outlet um which some teachers appreciated and most did not. Um, <laughs> Uh, because it meant extra reading. And it's only now being an adult and looking back on it that I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I if I were a teacher and I had to do the extra work of reading this thing, 
I'd be pretty mad too. Well, it's so funny that you mentioned that because in the intro I, I have for you for this podcast, which everyone else will have just heard, I, you know, of course we know you, but I went to your website to like make sure I wasn't missing anything or if, if I should, you know, include something else. And I'm like, there is not one single sentence that takes itself seriously on your website. Like every not moment, a single one. every moment, there's always a moment for a bit or a joke or something kind of clever. Uh, so that's uh, really heartwarming to Did hear you... that, that, that that's a theme for you through and through. <laughs> Did you learn a lot? Any facts about the North American trout? No, no, AJ. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think there's some gold. There's some good ones in there. You learn a little bit about the trout. It li- you know, they like New Girl, so that's nice. Okay. Um, so, okay, something that Nick predicted about this in terms of why you had us try this is that he's like, well, AJ loves storytelling, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. so right. Thinking about you and James backstage at Puffs when you you'd pass yep. the notes back and forth, creating the story. Like as I was going through the game, I'm like, no wonder AJ eats this game up. Also because of the music, me and you always uh, connect over music. We love super bubblegummy pop music. Yeah. Yeah, truly garbage pop. Yeah. Hey, it's not garbage to me. Okay. <laughs> I know, but 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 no, no, but but Julie, I am a raccoon. I I thrive at garbage. I, <laughs> yeah, you're a trash goblin, also. I am a trash wow, goblin. The theme, the themes are becoming really prominent. Um, oh no. <laughs> so that's it. We're done. We're done. Let's okay. Wrap this okay. Up. I'll I'll stop this recording. Um, but you know the music. So like, I also really enjoyed that too because it made me think of like. 10 Things I Hate About You when uh, Julia Stiles goes to the concert and it's like kind of like those like angsty girls that like rock out. I'm like, I absolutely would have been one of those girls. And so I'm like, and, and so many of the tracks were like that. And so I was assuming that you also really dug that and, and really ate that up. Oh, I really did. Um, I guess, you know, uh, growing up, that really wasn't my, I, I wasn't really a, a punk kid. Like that wasn't really wasn't uh, the sound. I mean, I mostly listened to show tunes. Like my my alarm clock in the morning was um, a little night music and then Pacific Overtures. I was like, <laughs> I was very popular. Um, but uh, I was gonna say loser. No, no, but, uh, I mean, I, 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 I was, I thought I was very cool and it's only looking back where I was like, oh no, I was not. Um, no, it's very but sweet. No, but it's very sweet. Th- that, that was sort of my question. Like how, how close did this musical style fit like your, your guys's growing up experience? Um, because again, it was, it was not really, it, it didn't really bring back a lot for me, but, um. Well, I mean, maybe did for you. You know, I mean, growing growing up in high school, like I wasn't, I wasn't like actually goth or punk, but like to me, Paramore was kind of like our generation's that, and like I was like, sign me up for that. So like, if I, if I had been going to high school in the '90s, I, I assume that that's what I would have been listening to. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I can yeah. appreciate that. I'm yeah. She was also actually rebellious with with Lonnie and like you know getting in trouble and stuff. Um, so it, yeah. it makes sense. They stole things. Yeah, yeah. I love that you find that in the locker. You find like cigarettes. You find clothes. Oh, you find clothes. yeah with the tags. I I for me like I mean in '95 I was only 10 years old. Uh, you guys were probably like younger, but like I was five. Um, I was also five. Gross. <laughs> um, but like you when, put a number to it, Nick. So we just had to be clear. Yeah. Okay. Gross. <laughs> I, um, but for me, when I was in high school around this age, it resonated so much for me because I listened, I, I listened to a lot of pop punk. I was oh, obsessed sure. with Blink-182, Sum 41, Good Charlotte, like, 
Yeah. I listened to like all of those things. And like, I, I like, you know, I thought I was like, yeah, I'm going to be rebellious. And like, you know, sometimes I had friends that were like, Hey, let's, let's, I'm going to steal this from this store or something like that. Like, you know, we, you know, we would, you know, sneak in alcohol or a cigarette or something. So like a lot of this stuff and like just going around and, and even though I, I didn't have the same experience that, that Sam has with Lonnie for obvious reasons, but there were still just like a lot of things that I, I, I was like very understood. And I was like, yeah, this is crazy. And it's, you're seeing this story of like this, this teenager who not only has to move to this new area and this new, you know, weird house and feels weird, but then also ends up finding the love of their life and, you know, coming out to their parents and realizing who they are and everything. So I was like, uh, but it, it, it was, it was, it, it did a lot of times bring me, I kept thinking about my time in high school and bring it back. And it, it really did. See, and that's interesting yeah. that you even say the love of her life, because to me, I thought it really captured first love and that first love feels like in my interpretation of this story like it's all encompassing and I'm not doubting that the love was so real and that this person was of extreme importance to each other but whether or not that right. you know later in their life if they if they actually stayed together or not like I think it captured that what in first love you don't know anything else this is your first time experiencing it so like of course right. it is everything it's it's everything mm-hmm. and it's uh it's new all, all that stuff was really really lovely uh but to me I, I i it's almost like you don't know what happens next oh i know what happens next they're, they're together, together forever. forever they're together Aww. forever yeah julie let's not next the romantic i'm a little bit more of the realist i love love and they're together forever and they're and then she meets up with her sister, goes to the creative writing program. She becomes a great writer. She's Aww. with Lonnie and she finds her sister again. And they and then the parents finally like get it. Well, the parents divorced because they shouldn't be together. And it's just like that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, but, but, they, then, but they but went they to went that went counseling, counseling. week. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't work. It didn't take, though. And she goes oh, with Rachel. Oh, Rick. interesting. You think that Lonnie and uh, Sam are, are are together forever, and you're so quick to judge the parents to say that they're not together forever. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, they're not together. She goes with Ranger Rick, but then that doesn't work out either. And then like the dad just gets like caught up in his like books. No, I don't have any faith Look, in the in the relationship of the parents, but the but the but the teenagers, yes. But Earth, Wind, and Look, Fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no Which, more fire. To be fair, <laughs> Rain, Ranger Rick did invite. Yeah, Jan to go see uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. But I actually think that the couple that gets together, I think it's Carol and Rick because Carol wants to fuck <laughs> Rachel. Carol Rick. was thirsty. what a bad influence. What a hard damn. Carol was just there, like, ooh, you got this, you got that. She's like, who's this hunk? Who's this Carol man that you got? Fuck machine. <laughs> oh man, Carol's like, yeah, me and Bob, it ain't working out so well. So who can I? <laughs> Fuck that you know. <laughs> Fuck yeah. machine is something I'm holding on to in my brain. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, it's true. Carol every letter she writes. Fuck machine. Every that, every letter that, that she was writes. Thirsty. Yeah. I. You know, if you could hold the pieces of paper that Carol's writing in her hands, they would be damp. She is yeah. like. Good. No, just from the sweat, I think that she's, you know, yeah, it's sweat. It's, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Sweat. It's wah. 
It's wet ass yeah. hands. It's just it's from don't her wet even, ass hands. Um, don't even. When it's it's wet. It's her wet ass palms. It's her I'm wet gonna, ass palms. There it is. Thank <laughs> you, yeah. Nick. I'm gonna yeah, put a big yeah, boo. Is. I'm gonna do a boo. You lose sound effect right here. Yeah. Oh, please do. Please do. Um, no, but I think I think that's the couple because I mean on the calendar that you find where it reveals that they're on their anniversary trip, you know, yeah. while that was just the reason why they're not around. Uh, the next weekend is Rick's wedding, so the out of town girlfriend that is vaguely mentioned is real. Oh. That is that is what they allude to, right? That's what I thought too. Is that oh, he is getting married, and yeah. then there's a there's a there's a invitation on the on the refrigerator about it. Oh, oh that's right. Shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is he getting married? See, there were like so many details that I had to kind of just let some bypass my brain. Like some just didn't register. I'm like, I'm sure these dates mean something. You know, I'm like, there's lots going on oh, yeah. here. Um, oh, absolutely. And and I, the only reason that I, I know this is because I played through the game you, four yeah, times. Yeah, did a little deep dive. And I was just going to say, there's only one thing, one thing that I had a problem with in oh, this game. Oh, here we oh. go. And it's, okay. it's Lonnie and Sam don't actually end up together. No, no, anyway, it's not. Um... It's, it's, no, it's, <laughs> stop. See, secretly, Please. secretly, I knew that you two would not agree on the ending. And I'm so, no. I'm so thrilled. See, no, I, oh, wait, what did you think, Julie? You don't think they end up together? No, the, I, I, I don't, I actually don't have an, it's almost like I don't know. I don't have a clear answer on that. But what I do have a clear answer on is that the storytelling of this game did a really good job at portraying yeah. first love because that's what first love right. feels like. You're like, this is yeah. the love of my life, whether or not that actually is the case. For them, yeah. it is, though. So we can all agree on that. Okay, well. But Nick, you were saying the the game is terrible and there's a <laughs> litany of problems with it. Yeah. There was one thing that I saw and I was like, no. You no, this is not is how it you the would... pedophilia that we just learned. <laughs> no, well, I mean that I didn't think that was yeah. That's also a thing. No, in the in the I think it's the music room. Yeah, the one where there's like a, a bookshelf. I think it's that one where there's records in the okay. middle. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So there is a lamp, like a, a tall standing lamp that's like right in front of that. You know how there's like a shelf that's in the middle of the room, and, and there's like, like a lamp. standing lamp, and yes. the cord to the lamp because it's in the middle of the room goes on the floor to the wall and they just put a carpet over it. And I was like, uh, uh, you can see this cord. You just put a carpet over it. You would trip over this cord. It would be so annoying. You need to move that lamp to the wall and not in the middle of the room. I was like, I saw that. I was like, I don't like this. And I would come into their home and I would say, you need to fix this immediately. I, I can't believe we're even talking about this. Nick, Nick, you are not, you are not going to believe this, but that's actually on the commentary track. They spend an entire thing talking about chords in the game. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the biggest uh, pet peeves of the lead designer of the game uh, is when there's an electrical thing and there's no visible way that it's connected to an outlet. So he made sure that every single electrical thing in the game was connected to an outlet somehow, which is why you have all of those. Um, in, in the, I think in the lounge too, where the emergency broadcast system is happening, mm -hmm. there's like a lamp on a table. And then if you look down, there's just a little bump, a little like uh, a little bump of uh, carpet uh, that that is hiding the cord. And it's the same thing. Like the house is a huge tripping hazard, like everywhere yeah. you go. And it was because he was so dedicated to getting every single electrical item plugged in. Yeah, that's what I was like. And I get it. And like he wanted to put that in the middle of the room. But I was like, no, no people would have that set up like that. But, but people I was like, do yeah, but do I that. 
not smart people. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a, it's not it's it it doesn't look well. It doesn't it doesn't this that's not a good design. It's not boxes everywhere. Who for who knows how yeah. long they've lived there. Yeah, they fuck need... the green briars. Clean your Honestly, house. Honestly, <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ, the kitchen looks unusable. I'm like what, you know, the, of the course this poor girl was a mess. The kitchen looked like I think they mentioned it, what, a renovation or something? I'm like, please. Yeah. Yeah. Please. I took also, everything in the fridge and put it outside of the fridge. Oh, my also, God. I am like, a trash so goblin. Rebellious. Did oh, you, you get a lot it, of enjoyment that also, out of that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> also, that house was ginormous, ginormous and had the smallest garage I've ever seen. For such <laughs> a big house, that was a tiny garage. Nick's pet peeves, though. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is it? Yeah, it's it's one car. You don't need it anymore. That, for, oh my god, for they this have mansion. a huge house, but the garage is like so that, small. That mansion <laughs> should have been a two door. That that mansion should have had a two door garage. Had, Yo, it's an, had, old uh, it's an old house. It's an old house. Garages I weren't important love, to them. It did. Uh, garages are always important, Julie. Number one thing. No, you but need. it's in, old. In a good it's house, an old house. It's a good garage. No, people weren't yeah, collecting yeah. cars. They they did do a really family. good job. Maybe they're green. They Maybe they're like the, the green briars. The... the mom protects oh, forests. Okay. You see what I did there? Yeah, Ooh. but no, because they have two cars. Because they have their own car. You, they have at least two cars. Because Sam has her own car. I gather the parents have a car. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them have their own car. So they have at least two or three cars. Yeah, I, I would imagine that that um, since Katie doesn't have one anymore since she went off to college, and I'd imagine Sam kind of inherited her car, but that's there's no textual evidence in the game. That's just what I assume. I've thought a lot about these people. Oh, yeah. And about I their mean, lives. For sure. Oh, yeah. I, sure, why not? Because also, okay, I mean, there's so... Okay, did Katie not know about all of this? And she's just like... Are, I thought It seems like these sisters are close. Like, why is she only just learning about her, her sister's lesbian love? Uh, well, uh, there's a there's a gone. thing. Yeah. yeah, she was gone the whole time. And there's also in one of the journals, Sam says like, "You," I, I, she's like, "I mean," she says like, "You probably knew. I've known since Shira." Yeah. So it's it's yeah, yeah. it's alluded that. to the fact that like like Kate, Katie like had an idea. They all sure. had an idea. It's just yeah. like I think she has been gone since they moved to this new house, mm-hmm. and and um. Sam has had this experience with Lonnie, so mm, she's completely yeah, maybe, Okay, all right, all right, all right, I hear you. Yeah, because she's off gallivanting around Europe, and it's 1995, so, I mean, she's maybe called home, but, I mean, it's not something she could necessarily talk with Sam mm, on the phone about. Like, mm. it was so much bi- kind of bigger yeah. than that. Though, they, they were in um, people leave. No. People leave their person in this family, they leave their personal letters everywhere. I was funny how <laughs> yeah. like the dad if the dad could have found out about that little affair and the parents could have found out about Lonnie. Like I was just like, you're just leaving this shit all over the place. Yeah, it really it really gone home, I think, at the end of the day is a game about you finding uh uh, going into each one of your family members' rooms and finding their porn. Oh, um, AJ. There. Okay. You so you find you, you find, find the dad's find porn. Your, yeah. <laughs> and then you find and then you find her porn, uh, mm-hmm. your sister's porn in the locker. And then if you go into the back, back like the secret room behind the sewing room, um, in one of the boxes, there's a romance novel with yeah. a uh, a big lumberjack man. Yeah. And uh, and that's your mom's. So you've eff- effectively found everyone in your family's born, except Uncle Oscars. Oh, Jeez. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, no. Um, uh, <laughs> 
Oh, by the way, I was so afraid when I opened the safe and I found all that like old school medicine and like morphine. I was yeah. so afraid I was going to find my sister's dead body in the attic. I thought well, I was like, yeah. She was gonna- uh, th- mm-hmm. Yes, and talk about you know till the very end. I'm like, when is the next jump scare going to happen? Because yeah, we're on this right. little rom com journey, but this is still spoopy. Because um, also, you know, coming into the game, the way it's set up, it, there's that slow fade. That that fade nearly killed me alone. I'm like, oh my god, let's fucking yeah. go because I can't handle this. And in a way, that was kind <laughs> of <laughs> that was actually kind of genius because. When in a video game do you kind of sit in the stillness? Like, I feel like that set it up yeah. that, um, and even with the end, the way it kind of like slow faded as well. Um, and, but then with that no, and she, and you're like, you know, I'm like, oh fuck, is this a suicide? No, is where, where's the sister? I'm like, yeah. you gotta be kidding. Like, you know, every turn of that, every, every turn, I'm like, fuck now. <laughs> so in that same the way, game- Nick, I'm like, are we going to find this sister in the attic? How are we, how are we ending yeah. this game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, did, did you both think that uh, you'd go up there and find at least your sister's dead body or both their dead bodies? What was, what was, what, uh, what were the guesses? I don't know. Uh, there was also this, there's seancey stuff. I mean, uh, I was really worried. I was actually surprised yeah. when it ended and like, I was like, oh, oh, I, f- oh, I guess that's the end. Like when you find that last thing or whatever, I don't even know. I even know. The, um, di- the, yeah. the letters to Katie. Yeah. 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 And even, and even that last, uh, audio log that you find, um, from Sam that, uh, it sounds out of context, like a suicide note to mm-hmm. the point where the composer of the game had not f- fully played the game. And he thought that Katie had killed uh, that Sam. Sorry, had had killed herself, uh, and that's what you find in the attic until he played through it, and he was like, "Oh, thank God! Oh, thank God!" She didn't yeah, die. I thought I thought I was either at one point I was like, "Oh, I think they're both up there," and then I was like, "Oh, wait, are they both up there? Are they both dead? Oh, is it just Sam? Is she dead?" Like, and I I I went up there and I thought I saw a body, but I was like, "Oh no, it's it's not." And then. It's so interesting, too, because another great setup and payoff is when you listen to the messages on the mm-hmm. answering machine, you hear yeah. Lonnie oh, make shit. those calls and you're kind of like you hear the first one and then you hear the crying one and you're like, Ugh. whoa, what happened? And mm-hmm. then you find out what it is. And it's actually you it it in the context when you first hear it, it sounds scary. It sounds like something bad has happened. But then you find out that it's actually for the best. It's actually a sweet thing of her wanting to find Sam again and not leave her. And I was like, that, that was when I, when I realized that, cause after I read it, cause I was reading it, I was still looking around and she said the final thing. And I was like, oh, and that's when it gave me a chill. Cause I was like, that was her, you know, trying to contact Sam again to, to be with her. Cause they're going to be together forever. Is that when you shed a tear? Did you actually cry, Nick? I need to know. Nick's, is Nick, after he finished the game, immediately text us a, a crying emoji. So I just need to know. I'm also very curious. I got teary-eyed and I got chills and stuff like that. I didn't like ball, but I, I got teary-eyed. <sighs> I sniffled. I, I, cry, I cry at the same point every time I play the game. Um, and it's for... Uh, when you find the condom? <laughs> yes, when you find the condom and I, I vomit so much I cry. Um... <laughs> Honestly, good for them. They're, they have an active sex life, and yeah, you don't want another kid. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, there's an audio log, and um, it's it's called dedication. Oh and yes, about the song. Yeah. I, I like the one yeah. about her singing. That was sweet. yeah. Where 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 Lonnie sings the final show for Girl Scout, 
and dedicates the final song to Sam. Aww. And then Sam can't handle it and she goes outside and she starts crying. Mm. Um, and she said, you know, Lonnie says, I just want to make you happy. Mm. And she says, I don't think you can anymore. Oh. Yeah. And uh, in the commentary track, the, the voice actor um, who plays uh, Sam uh, said that she couldn't get through a take without bawling. Like the first one you hear, like, because she's like, she she said, and that's the one that's really connected, like sort of in the Gone Home fan community. That's like one everyone rallies around. And it's because she said that she knew exactly who she was saying it to because she's had to say it to somebody before. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, those voiceovers were lovely. There's one right in the beginning that felt that sounded kind of cheesy to me, to which I was like, oh, here we go. But then yeah. as it goes on, I'm like, no, this, this, this actor did a really good job with it because it could have gotten, it could have, that could have taken me out of the game real fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think part of that is intentional. When, when she refers to it, it's like, you know, I'm just the girl from the psycho house. Yeah. 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 It's playing so much into the stereotypes of a slasher movie. Right. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, or like even as they say, like if you go into the first bathroom, there's a magazine uh, that's like advertising typewriters, I think. And there's like a Steve. It's like the one Stephen King uses. Um, so it, it, it really is like the misdirects towards it mm. being a horror thing mm-hmm. i th- i felt like that was that i think the moment that it turns is when uh she sees lonnie and she sees lonnie sees her and she says i wonder if she knew um mm. which is the moment where it's like oh no this is not this is not a horror game this is this is the love story mm. oh um, i picked up on i picked like when she's like lonnie was so great and then at first you're like oh they're friends and then i think even before that i was like oh, they're in love and I was, yeah. I got real excited. I will say that when you buy the game, I think they have a New York Times pull quote that is like the best love story told through a video game or something, which they should totally take off because I did know, I kind of had that in the back of my mind, which I wish I did. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 No, there is, there's a lot of cool, like coming into this game cold is, I think, a very good and unique experience. Uh, playing through it again, even knowing the ending, like there are still some spoops, I will say, <laughs> as you go along. Um, and uh, I had a friend who I was talking to uh, about the game before coming on this podcast, and he said, that the game is actually an exercise in figuring out who's dead in the attic because the game gives you like sufficient evidence that any one of the family members yeah. at different times could have killed themselves in the attic. Oh, okay. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, because the dad's career is stalled, like, uh, you know, the like the the implications of the affair like did did the husband kill the wife like is it gonna be that sort of stephen king like uh uh, trope that he always plays into uh you know and then eventually is it sam and lonnie up there who have committed you know uh like a romeo and juliet kind of situation uh Mm -hmm. one of the things i really deeply love about this game is that there uh i don't know if you both are familiar with the trope um bury your gaze uh which is where media will you will have to a gay couple get together and then have one of the gay couple die for yeah. use of as like tragic fodder mm-hmm. and it's 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 a really overused and sort of gross uh, trope in a lot of in a lot of art and what i what i love about gone home is that it's just 
it's such a beautiful expression of like gay joy. Mm-hmm. Like they get what they want yeah. and they get to ride off into the sunset together, yeah. which is so extraordinarily rare. And in video games mm-hmm. is even rarer. Not so much anymore, but when Gone Home came out, video games had, there had been like really cool artistic stuff in it, but it was still very much from like a masculine point mm-hmm. of view. You know, there there's a very famous example of a game called Spec Ops The Line, which is an adaptation of Heart of Darkness. Uh, where you play as a soldier in Iraq that's just like, or I think it might be a fictional country that's like so, like made up to be like Iraq, but you, um, you're going to go rescue a colonel from it. And as you go, it starts playing with your expectations. Like, oh, well, you just shot down all these people to get through the level, but that makes you a monster mm-hmm. because you've murdered all these civilians. Mm-hmm. So it starts, it starts to make you question that. But Gone Home was sort of the first game that was like, what if, what if we took you out of like the hyper masculine like fantasy dream and stopped examining that entirely and put you in the shoes of someone who if you're you know you were a gamer in 2013 w- w- wouldn't necessarily have even thought to be which is this you know college girl coming home and discovering that her sister has run off with her new lover mm. um yeah I, that's so true um the the journal about um kind of like once they've established that now they're in a relationship and she's kind of talking about like, well, you know, we still hang out like friends, but then there's some other stuff. I was like, that's the sweetest thing I ever heard where it's just like, there's, you know, it was based in friendship and they, and they still have that, but now there's more. And like, how amazing is that? And then also talking about um, storytelling within video games and how revolutionary that was. That's also shadowed in her little mini story about the first mate and the, um, yeah. yeah, where it's kind of like the character, like it starts off, I think, what, male and female, and then the male turns into a woman and and the, the yeah. other character takes ownership, you know, it's like, that's my, I'm going to protect, you know, like, I was like, that was, that was, a- again, I think that detail, for, for sure, undeniable, this game um, is for people that um, are ready to explore fully, like, it's not for someone who wants to skim, you know, like I very often I found myself kind of going like, do I need to read this whole thing? But then like when I took the time to read it, I'm like, that's what Mm kind of makes it really rich when you take that time to, to, to read all these notes. If it's, you know, it's for the true voyeur kind of, uh, I mean, ultimately that's video games, right? You're kind of, well, no, you're not, you're the player. You're not a voyeur. Voyeur is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like debate in the video game community right now about, um, you know, for a while, one of the big arguments about playing games like this was that um, they're empathy machines, right? You physically have to feel the feelings of a character that you are inhabiting. Um, And uh, and through this game, like you, you come to like love Sam as much as Katie does Mm. uh, just through your interactions with her. And it's also. I, I think in regards to like reading everything and like skimming things, um, you know, there there's some details that you don't necessarily have to really pay attention to, like the 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 stereo system that uh, Terry, the dad, is is reviewing on the typewriter, <laughs> like all that jargon yeah, up yeah, top. Yeah doesn't matter but you know the fact that he's trying to turn these reviews into like this high art thing (laughs) and they're just like shut the fuck up and review the stereo that was hilarious (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. um i don't need to hear your ruminations of your childhood (laughs) (laughs) just tell me if the stereo works uh but there's like there's like a bill or somewhere like um for the electric the electrician you know Mm -hmm. that whole thing where it's just like there's all that paperwork above and i'm like i don't want to fucking read this but then 
as you were saying, Julie, like at the very, very beginning of this, how, you know, it's just like life, right? Because mm. we are we are made up of these objects that we touch. Like we imbue all this stuff with like some part of our life energy. So like you you find out about this family without ever meeting a single one and yet you feel like you know them better than you know a lot of people. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's like, you know, it makes you think like, what if I just let someone enter my room or enter my house? I'm like, what, what conclusions would they draw about me? Uh, you know? <laughs> AJ, why is your food in your refrigerator on the floor? You have to stop <laughs> AJ throwing is a, everything on AJ the ground. Is a, I'm going to, you know, make a speculation here. A trash goblin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes out of the I closet, mean, like, dressed as a goblin. <laughs> um I mean, you know, and, and Nick's been over to my apartment before. You know that I, I, I just, I just have drawn trash goblin all yeah. over the wall in crayon. Um, it's who yeah. you associate with, yeah. It's your, yeah. I'm terrible to live with. Ellie's in losing her mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, is there is there anything else that that we're missing? Should we kind of go? Should we go into what we rate it and uh, our experience? Or yeah. Oh sure. Um, That's kind of something. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm I'm just going over my notes. <laughs> yeah, no. If there's anything else you want to, I mean, yeah. Basically, what we've been saying, it was an amazing story. It was it it kept me so riveted. Like I was so into it after a while and exploring everything, and I you know making sure I I saw and 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 I of course I didn't, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to, but I tried to get everything and take in everything and figure everything out and following this journey and, and wanting to get to the end and, uh, and figure out like what happened. Um, and all the little details, like, you know, I look on the one shelf and you see that, you know, uh, Dio de las Muertas skull. And I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah. And you find out that was a gift from Lonnie mm. and it's little things that oh, yeah. you may not catch, but I was right. like, it's all these little, like they, they really put a lot of art into it and you can tell. And I was like, I want to, I, I, I was talking to a friend cause we posted about this game on Instagram and she messaged me she goes, Oh, I love that game. Have you heard about their other ones and started like mention them. And I know there's one oxen free that I've heard from other people and I want to check them out. Oh, this is kind of like, yeah, I, and, and when, when, one of the part of the fun things of this podcast is when you find something like, I do like this, it, it makes me go, you know what? I want to get into more of this now. I want to try more. Yeah, and, and it inspired actually um, Gone Home. The success of Gone Home really spawned a lot of uh, what what people in the gaming community will sometimes refer to as walking simulators, uh, where you just kind of wander and then get a story mm. from like your environment. Mm -hmm. um, there's a there was also a big argument, and I guess I'm going to ask you guys what you think. Um, do you think Gone Home is a video game? Yeah, you know, I, well, you know, honestly, I'm going to say it kind of it kind of felt like it wasn't. I felt like I. Like you said earlier, I made you read a book and I felt like I, I like when I was talking to my roommate, I was like, I felt like I watched a movie that I just kind of steered the direction of where like I, there was a beginning, middle and end. I just happened to guide it, which which certain way. But for me, yeah, it's a video game, of course. But for me, it was more like a movie or like reading a book. I yeah. fully thought it was a game because to me, it was it was an escape the room feeling 
of a game. Like an escape the room also has a story along it, but like you have to find the key to open this door and what's the code. And like, there are these clues and there's ultimately right. an objective that I'm not just passively, I, I'm not past to me. A film, a film is still somewhat passive, not somewhat very. Yeah. I'll, I'll, entirely. Yeah. Cause you could just sit back and let the director sort of take you on the quest. I think there's something very interesting, uh, not to constantly reference the commentary track, but it's something they talk about a lot is actually how much they didn't want to make it like a normal video game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, the moment where you find all the the locker combination and you have to find the two slips of paper? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Originally, they were going to be three slips of paper that were scattered all around the house. And apparently, like... At 3 a.m. before, like, they shipped out the final product, uh, one of the designers, like, woke up in the middle of the (laughs) night and, like, came downstairs in this house in Portland and was like, we have to make it two. And he's like, why? And it's like, if it's three, it's too gamey. We have to, no one would tear a thing into three pieces. You tear it down the middle. Like, there's no reason there'd be three. Um, so there was a, there was a conscious effort to sort of steer it away from a lot of the gamification and every code or like key that you find ha- would have to like have happened in real life. Hmm, that's, um, and that's so interesting. Cause when I found the first piece of the combination, I was like, okay, there's probably going to be like two more. Yeah. 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 Right. When I found the second one, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to find that third one. And then it said completed. And I looked and I was like, oh, there's only two. I thought there'd be three for sure. Because in my brain, I probably thought, oh, you know, a game would do. But I was like, two. Oh, cool. And I, I think it's elements like that, that, yeah, they were right. It made me make less of a game and more of like uh, this story that I'm discovering. Um, an experience more than I would say just a game. It was an experience to me. Oh, I mean, that's that's great. I, I think that's 100% what they were going for. Um, I have some notes here that are very silly, uh, but just I want to give some shout outs to um, there's a uh, the, the publisher that ends up uh, doing the second version mm-hmm. of, uh, of <laughs> reviving the story. Yeah. In the most amazing letter ever, there is a book that they published called It's Inside Me <laughs> by Jens Keller, just in all caps, uh, which I needed to shout out. Um, oh, one, one, one very weird thing about the misdirect, um, about, uh, Sam killing herself at the end, um, in her room, there's the Kurt Cobain thing right next to her bed, but there's also a poster of a painting of drowned Ophelia. Mm, I think Uh, I did see something by her. Yeah, I I did. I just thought I I was like, oh, it's like a museum, uh, uh, wall art thing. I, I, I didn't, um, clock that specifically, but yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like all these little subconscious things that like, mm. you know, you, you see that image and you're like, oh, drowned teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of burrows in there. And also all the all the clearly all, all, all the clear tension between her and the parents and stuff. I, I also really li- enjoy, oh, like yeah. that where was she in the journal is describing like, I mean, I thought our parents were going to kn- going to know. And I'm so disappointed that they're handling it this way. Like, that yeah. was interesting. That was an interesting... That the, they don't trust me enough to believe me that this is how I feel. Yes, that was really specific and I think really true to life. Yeah. They, uh, the Steggy, the, yeah. the Stegosaurus. Yeah. Um, is it Steggy, Steggy or Steli? It's Steggy. Because uh-huh. um, they're so like, uh, as we said, like it's really fun to find out who this person you're inhabiting is too. Like all of her like letters back home, um, like uh, from Europe, from her travels around Europe, Katie's travels. Uh, how she says, like, there's no butts in heaven um, <laughs> when she goes to see the yeah, Sistine that, Chapel. That was cute, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think... 
I think that's it for the notes. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Another line that wrecked me is I think she could tell. It just, I wrote, I think she could tell, come on, and then just sad faces uh, forever. And uh, I, wa- I think everyone wants to fuck Ranger Rick. And that's it. I think that's that's the whole game. That's the game. I also I'll, I will say that the note, like when you see when you ever find a note about them passing notes within school, I loved those two because they really yeah. they really reminded me of my note passing in high school. Like it really felt like that. Yeah. Where like you know it's yeah. like within the same page, and then also you have like drawings and stuff. And also again, like not only do they really capture the um, first love feeling, but kind of just the teenage feeling where you talk about your parents and again, it's like all encompassing. It's like, Oh, my parents are so this, like <laughs> it, it's, it, there's yeah. always extremes or like, you know, or, or the, um, the hyperbolic talking, like, thank you for coming to Thanksgiving dinner at my, um, abode. And I look forward to like that. Uh, that was so well done because yeah. I agree. The letters reminded me, uh, that was another thing that took me back to high school. Cause Back in the day before people were text messaging, we used to pass notes to each other. <laughs> and like that note made me really like, like kind of just take up, uh, kind of be taken aback. Cause like when Lonnie sends it exactly, it's like, oh, I appreciate it. Oh, and here's a fancy little person. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back and she heightens I love that, that fancy joke. Man. Yeah. And she, yeah. Fancy man's right. And then she heightens the joke. And like, I remember in my relationships when somebody would do something, I'd be like, it felt so good when you were into somebody and you had a joke mm, like that uh, and that back and forth and how you would heighten it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you go like, oh, this person really gets me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the amount of detail that went into all the handwriting too, like they they had to try out so many different versions of like handwriting uh in order to land on the ones they did they had a whole bunch of their friends just like write these notes to see and they had to determine well that doesn't really look like a mom's handwriting but that'd be like great for like a teenager's handwriting and it's like i there's something like 30 different like writing styles in the game and some of them are just like one-off things yeah you got oscars you got um there's one Uncle Henry sends a birthday card that you can find behind like the main dresser in the thing, which is uh, th- there's a game designer that the um, that Fulbright really respects that uh, they got to sign, do like a quick signature. Um, but it makes everything feel so tactile, right? Like you're actually physically holding these things in your hands that you found like these secret artifacts. And also cool the way that the light played onto it too. Like unless you had the light mm. on or you were facing a certain way way you couldn't you you know it would affect how you'd see the object um right yeah and you didn't want to get too close to the screen in case something jumped out at you while you were reading (laughs) Uh, or you could well that was something that i had to that annoyed me that i had to learn i was like you can't stand too close to the drawers that you want to open or else it won't open (laughs) you had to give yourself space Julie, uh, that was a big question too, because I, 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 I should have asked this at the beginning. But like your experience with video games, have you played a lot of ones where you have to like control the camera and walk? Like, yeah, how was that? I was gonna say, I'm like that was a that was a trip alone. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to go here. Ah, oh, I gotta this this mouse is so sensitive for my eye, eye view. I don't want to look at the ceiling. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, because you played on your computer, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was afraid that would happen to me too. That's why I played on the PS4. Yeah, the console version is is really good. Thank God I didn't play this on my phone. I originally asked AJ if yeah. I could play on the phone. I'm like, that would have been a nightmare. And I very calmly said, no, Julie, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Get out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's Gone Home. 
Yeah. Thank you for playing it, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So what would you rate it, Nick, on a scale from one to 10? How was your experience? And and would you try it again? Uh, I would give it uh, a solid 10. I would give it a solid 10. Oh, a 10. Solid 10. That was a wonderful experience, a wonderful story. It was, a, I played it this afternoon and it was, a, it was raining out and it was, I was in just in my room. I played it. I took little breaks, you know, to go get food or go to the bathroom. But it was like, a, it was a, and a, I, I started like, I started it last night, but I played like 10 minutes of it. And I was like, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And so I played through it and it was a great experience. It was a great time. I, I was riveted. I love the story, the gameplay, finding all the little details. 10 out of 10. Would love to try it again, knowing what I know and see what else I can figure out. And I want to play more games from, uh, wh- what's your name again, AJ? Fulbright? Uh, Fulbright. Fulbright, yeah. Yeah, that's how, that's my feelings. Julie? Um, so I would give it a six out of 10, uh, because Ooh. I was, for, for me, five is like, I'm neither here nor there about it. But I give it a notch up because like, I think it was, you know, a really lovely story and uh, I, I, I could appreciate um, the, the, the crafting of it, basically. Uh, but particular to me, again, one, like, you know, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not into the spoops, y'all. You know, I, it, take, it takes sure. a lot. It takes a lot out of me because I'm I'm clenching my butthole as I'm just playing <laughs> this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's any consolation, I am too, but for unrelated reasons. <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here! Got to strengthen my core. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So there's that, and also like I'm, I it's tough for me to let go. Um, I'm kind of, I'm like a little impatient. And so like, it was also hard for me to like, just really sit and let myself play a game. Cause I kind of had, again, like I was saying, I was like, am I ever going to finish this game? Like, what if I don't finish this game before we record this thing? So it it is with my personality. And also I'm just like, not generally a video gamer. So for me, I'm giving it a six and (sighs) would I try it again? (sighs) I don't know. What would you, yeah, would you play a game like this again? Not necessarily Gone Home. See, because what's, what's kind of nice about an escape the room thing is like you have an hour. Like either you figure it out in an hour or you don't. And like that's the time you've allotted to do it. Right. I think if it was less spoopy, then I, then I think I, I'd be into it. Like again, like I didn't know what was, the spoopiness of it is not something I seek. If it was like a story game where I'm exploring, but like nothing's going to jump out of me or we're not going to have a pedophile in the house, um, I'm into it. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Good <laughs> luck. There's actually a surprising amount of, uh, this is true. There's a surprising amount of pedophiles uh, in walking simulators. Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, but there is a, um, there's a game called uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, which I would very much recommend, Julie, if you want something with no spoops. Uh, it's very similar to The Walking Simulator, but it's about it's about uh, exploring like a kooky house mm. uh, where every member of the family has died, but their relationship, because the family is like cursed, but their relationship to death is one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen mm. because they treat, they treat death as a friend and as like mm. a completely normal, like, you know, uh, blasé kind of part of life. And it's really, you learn about each 
uh, member of the family um, and how they died and how each one of them has a very specific relationship. And there's some really some of the most beautiful moments in video games in that in that one. And it also has my favorite trophy that you can get in any video game, which is um, uh, as the credits are rolling, if you stay long enough, there's a um, I'm going to forget her name, but uh, there's one that passes by that's like one of the programmers. And as it passes by, you get a trophy that says, thanks, Edith. And it's just like, yeah, you just stay, you stuck around to like, thank, you know, thank the people who worked on the game. And it's very sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I guess another way I'd put it is this game also kind of reminded me of Sleep No More, that immersive theater show in New York where you're in a hotel and there's characters running around, but also the set design is like so intricate and detailed. For me and my personality, when I go to something like that, I'm I want to interact with the actors rather rather than go through all the drawers and see all the notes, which which to me yeah. this game was that. Yeah, it is Sleep No More without yeah. the people running yeah, around, yeah. and you can absolutely play Sleep No More like you would uh, this game, just going through all the drawers and finding all that stuff that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's me. Great. Uh, do I rate? I love. <laughs> I'm a ten out of ten <laughs> because I made you play this game. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I think what it did for the video games industry can't really be understated. I think uh, one of the big reasons why I chose this game is because I love video games, but they do have a tendency to like fulfill like masculine fantasies, and they do have a tendency to be um, rely a lot on like just like um, Twitch kind of gameplay. So like just a lot of reflexes and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Originally, I was going to make you both play Bloodborne, but I'm like, well, Julie would uh, Julie would make it to the first lantern and then throw her controller against the wall and say never again. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I think actually, I think Nick, you would, you would get a little bit further, but it would just be kind of an exercise in frustration. Like the amount of time that you would have to put into something like Bloodborne or like Call of Duty or like any of those big budget titles is just not, I I mean, there's such a big learning curve. And Mm -hmm. what's so beautiful about this game is that it introduces you to video games in a way that it's like, not all video games are like that. And they can be so much more than that. Uh, and it opened up, it opened up the medium in such a really beautiful way. Uh, I love this game. Uh, you can speed run this game. You can beat it in a minute. Uh, if you know, if you just go to the secret hidey hole and um, grab the key for the attic and then run up to the attic and touch the book, you can actually speed run the game and there's an achievement for it. Um, I've never been able to do it because you have to do it in under a minute. Uh, uh, apparently, but I, I did it because I got that achievement too, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense because I took longer than a minute, but I did something Nick, right. I think you accidentally unlocked every achievement in the game without actually doing any of them. I think I did too because I got that thing too. I saw, I was like, you did it in under a minute. And I was like, no, I didn't. I played this over hours but it gave me that award too <laughs> weird i think i think i think that's great and you take that platinum trophy and you hold it over you your head and scream, i am the king of gunham oh, yeah. <laughs> julian earls that's wow, why i gave it a six because wow. i didn't get any trophies <laughs> that's also why my butt that's why that's also why my butthole is clenched just in case <laughs> in case i'm just any platinum trophies, trophies up your yeah. butt <laughs> Well, thank you so much, AJ. Is there is there anything else you want to plug or or mention? I do scary stories on Instagram involving Animal Crossing. It's a it's a story called Lost Horizons, and uh, it's all done within the game engine of uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And also, I sometimes make my friends film things for me, and I put them in and make it all glitchy and spoopy. Uh, it's uh, a very sad tale about a bunch of doctors trying to cure a mysterious plague that's working its way across the planet, and in doing so, also play God and fuse themselves with animals uh, in order to 
stop the plague and uh and wind up going mad uh from doing that and uh about the mistakes that we make in life and uh can you ever redeem a monster so go watch that on at the fuzzy masked man if you like spoopy things. on your instagram it's nice. pretty spoopy yeah I just wanted to quickly promote um, something newer of AJ's since a year ago, like not even new. It's been around for a bit now. He has his own podcast, which is called The Worst of All Possible Worlds. It can be found wherever you get your podcasts, also on Twitter at T-W-O-A-P-W, basically at the word two A-P-W. I think I made that more confusing. Um, and they even talk more about Gone Home, uh, episode four. So if you can't get enough of Gone Home, listen to that episode. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go home now. Oh, yikes. I'm going to throw a Christmas oh. duck at you. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, throw right. it across the continental United States, and it's going to bonk you on the head. I'm going to throw this condom that I found in my parents' room. <laughs> It was used. I put I put it on the I put it on the top of the of the drawer. I le- I left it out because I wanted my parents to know that I know. <laughs> yeah, my my roommate put it on their bed, and uh, he also he also gathered all of the coasters that you can find in the house and put them all in one place to reunite mm, them. Thank God! Nice. Thank God! It's a it's beautiful the narratives you can make with this. <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. This was so, so much fun. Good. Thank you for doing this, AJ. This is great. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to You Gotta Try This. If you had a good time and learned something new, please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, stay open, stay curious, and keep trying. <laughs>